Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Coops Gaming Podcast. Uh, crunchy takes, what is it? Crispy takes on games and culture. I'm your host, Justin Coop, here, here with my friend Dustin. Dustin, how's it going? It's going all right. How you doing? Uh, it's going good. I guess I'm feeling a little more crunchy than crispy today. talking today a bit about uh playing with identity uh, is the name of the episode and and um we're i kind of want us to share some stories of like times that we've really learned something interesting from making decisions in a in kind of a weird situation and the way that i'll set this up is um when i was growing up i don't know if you do you i don't know if you know this book there's this little book by yoder called what would you do have you heard of this book Oh no, I don't know that I have. It's oh, okay, you got to get a copy. So it's a this is a it's a theological book, but it's a it's a pretty it, w- it was really popular especially among Mennonites during World War World excuse me, okay. World War 2. Um because it it kind of it it's a book that dissects a sort of theoretical ethical situation that was posed to um conscientious objectors during World War 2. So what would happen is, you know, you would object, you would not want to get drafted or go fight. And so then you would be taken to court, right? Because like to that's how it worked. You would be taken essentially to court and you would have to prove why, you know, that you're a legitimate conscience subjector. Um, and uh, the situation that they would, they, they would kind of pose this moral question to the person and say like, okay, well, if there was a robber in your house with a gun, and you know and they were going to kill your wife uh if you didn't kill them what would you do right (laughs) it's kind of the classic ethical like put you on the spot kind of question right yeah yeah. um and it's just a little tiny black book that dissects that whole thing and it may mainly what it does is it 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 attacks a lot of the assumptions right okay well why do they have a gun why is my only option to kill them right right like uh, et cetera, et cetera. So that was like a really important book for, for me growing up. And to be honest, I think that that book really formed a lot of why I love role-playing, like why I love um, D&D, RPGs wow. and stuff like that. Because I think RPGs have a really unique ability to put you in these situations where you're like, oh my goodness, what is going yeah. on? <laughs> and what do I do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like... For me, uh, one of one of the like most difficult things that I've found is like RPGs, especially uh, are games that really combat and fighting guys and stuff is like a core mechanic, right? Yeah. Like D&D 5th edition is kind of all about. I mean, like the rules are basically functionally totally focused on fighting people. Predominantly, yep. If you if you leave out combat, you've definitely left out something in the game. <laughs> like that's like yeah. the majority of your character's skills and abilities. Yeah, are about yeah. doing damage. There's there's no. Um, I don't think you can get experience. It's it's not actually put in. Yeah, uh, there there are mechanics for the DM to to grant you experience equal to, but it's experience equal to combat. 
uh-huh. uh, for non-combat. They, they even relate non-combat back to combat in terms of experience. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, like, so I've, I've always been interested in the idea of characters that have complex relationships to violence, right? So, uh, just as the example that comes to my mind right now is I'm in an, uh, an RPG where I'm playing a, a Warforged and for the reader, a Warforged is a, is a kind of, um, sentient robot, uh, type of, uh, person in the D and D universe. And this, this, uh, this race of robots, um, but they're all like, yeah, they're all fully sentient. They have feelings. They have like, they're, they're fully complex, complex, like living beings. Yeah. Um, and my character, um, has a, like, or at least the, the kind of avenue that I've chosen to role play down is like, my character has a really complicated relationship with, with violence specifically that like he, is actually too it finds it way too easy to 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 attack people and and kill people like you know for, for all for good reasons right like he's not just like out there murdering people but like he finds it like his disconnection from biological like a more biological existence like makes it way too easy for him to fight and and kill um, gotcha. we're, we're role, pl- we're role playing younger characters. All of our characters are like between 16 and 18. We're doing like a high school, uh, anime style role play. Okay. We're like, so we're all going to school to learn how to be adventurers. And then we're also having adventures on the side. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so it's just been a really fun and interesting dynamic for me to like, uh, go through that and be, and like, um, cause I've always like kind of come at it from the other perspective of like, oh, I'm going to role play a character who, you know, conscientiously objects again, right? Like I'm a Mennonite, right? So it's like, sure. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to play a character who is, is against violence and that will complicate, you know, our adventuring space. Mm-hmm. And that's fun. That's really interesting. It's really interesting when you have to like be constrained in that way. Um, but <laughs> this character is kind of the opposite where it's like I'm I'm in situations where me as the player would want to be you know okay just tie up the guy like I'm put I'm thinking okay well my character like would have no problem destroy like you know ending this guy's life right now yeah there was like just as an example some some cultists were in the streets and they were you know seizing random people and like bringing like uh bringing them to like a ritual altar to try and like sacrifice them or something and we were trying to stop them right yeah so my character is out here like just just you know lot just like destroying them i'm a 16 year old i mean I'm, I'm kind of a robot but we're all relatively about like 16 to 18 year olds right i'm just out here shanking guys and all my all my compatriots are are like whoa 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 <laughs> right like uh-huh. <laughs> relax like can't we like can't we you know capture them turn them in i'm like i'm, I'm like what what's wrong i don't what do you mean uh-huh and it just led to this really interesting role-playing like situation of like Again, my, my friends are really great role players, so they really know how to roll with themes like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and, but yeah, it was so, so it was so interesting where like we as a group, our characters had to be like, how do we want to handle this? 
what do we want to do? And we actually came to this kind of like weird middle ground where they were like, okay, well, like you need to chill, <laughs> but you know, we, the, the rest of us might be need, might need to be more willing to like, to, you know, to fight the, to actually really fight and stop these people. Cause they're out here doing like wanton murder. Right. Like, yeah. Um, and it's, yeah, especially so, so, um, we're, we're, uh, we're starting to play again tonight and like a big development happened kind of in the downtime for my character where, um, there, my character is a lot more in tune with the kind of bodily experience of death. He had like a near death experience. Oh. So I wrote up this little narrative where I talked about how he has kind of a much more embodied sense of danger and, and, and death. Right. Um, and like, because I have all these friends in, in the, in the, in this high school setting, you know, my character has a girlfriend now, like she's a clockwork soul sorceress who, you know, is like, loves me for the robot that I am. Um, <laughs> and there's a whole bunch of plot there too, where like my character is hiding the fact that I'm a robot. Cause there's a wizard who's chasing me, that kind of thing. Um, but, uh, yeah, so it's like, um, I just really appreciate role-playing games ability to like give space for all of that. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I could follow. Yeah. Like um, I, I think that there's this kind of, I can even feel maybe the listener, you know, when I'm talking about playing a character who's like calloused towards killing, I can see a reality and I can imagine certain people I know being like, oh, my gosh, like how that's horrible. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, like I'm not <laughs> I'm not playing it because it's like, woohoo, this is great. Right. Like it's but it, it's these these games have this really amazing capacity to make space for people to play with those ideas. Hi, everyone. We're doing a regular live stream over at twitch.tv slash the coop. We're live streaming Monday through Thursday, starting at 10 p.m. CST. We'll be playing a big variety of games, including League of Legends, and talking with you in chat about the same kinds of things we do here. Consider heading over to twitch.tv slash thecoop and hitting the follow button. Yeah, sort of, sort of, uh, I play with might be dangerous words, but I, I, I think I'm, I'm hearing what you're saying. Like you get to engage in, in like a, an active thought process rather than just like ruminating on what would happen if like you're actually playing it out to see what, what could happen uh, within the confines of a safe space. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the DM is throw is throwing stuff at me specifically to push that idea. Right. And, and to, and to make me think deeply about it. And then my, the way my, my, my friends are role-playing complex complexify my my reactions to it right like um it is a rather advanced thing but i but i do feel like it's it's um it's a really powerful tool to make people ask questions i think that they otherwise wouldn't um uh, especially like I, I I've seen a lot of people willing to consider a lot of like like c- consider changing perspectives on certain things 
uh, including violence, uh, because of experiencing powerful stories or because of role playing in settings where someone uh, is like, you know, is is a pacifist or role playing a setting where or even I've seen people like uh, kind of grow to distaste Viol- like like uh, violence by role playing someone who who is like totally fine with it, um, and so I just yeah I think it's uh, I I when I say play with I mean I mean not like I I'd be curious what you what you mean by that being dangerous but for me when I say play with I'm talking like literally like we we are playing with an idea and it's like we're we're experiencing a story and a narrative and a playing a game with these complex you know ethical and and life situations yeah i i so uh, so when i say like the danger of that is would be viewing it as a game right that that engaging in in like really complicated potentially uh harmful topics it is not something to be done lightly or or with casualness is, does that make sense sure okay yes so like because or, the word yeah, play yeah, is flippant. yeah play goes both ways right like you uh you play with blocks uh and you you can also like play being a murderer uh, those shouldn't be approached <laughs> with the same kind of uh, casualness. Oh, for sure. I, I just, I use <laughs> the word play because like, to me, the word play also means learn. Right. Like, because like, especially I guess being a dad, like l- watching, like the more like kids turn everything into a game, right? Like, like they turn them doing something wrong into a game. Right. Like they they that's how kids learn is they play with that stuff. And I think a lot of parents see that in in the way that you've described where like, oh, they're not taking it seriously. It's the, the casual. It's where we get the the statement playing with fire. Right. Like the casual disregard of something that could be potentially dangerous. It's it's the casual disregard part. I think you can play seriously yeah that that's a that is actually a great that's a great distinction or 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 play with with um with respect or play with with um the word that really comes to mind here is uh oh what do you call it um uh reverence say, yeah reverence is a good word i would say gravity but reverence is actually yeah a, a, a good word as well because because yeah like i i do want my kids to be able to like try and light a fire eventually. Yeah. They shouldn't be afraid of it. And, and they should, they should view that as like, yeah, like, uh, you know, putting like, like they need to, if my, if I expect my kids to ever be able to light a fire, you need to just like, let them do it and make mistakes. And maybe they're going to singe their fingertips. Right. Like, yeah. They, they also might like, like take their little plastic sticks and rub them together and have a little like paper fire that they cook on. And it, they're, they are playing uh, fire. <laughs> they're, they're just right, not play- right. Right. They're not playing with fire. Uh, and that that distinction, like the the levels to build up to. Well, I've I've played the game, right? Uh, the the danger, of course, is that they grab a lighter and like, well, I got I did this with paper. I'm going to do it with real fire. I was like, oh no, that's not how fire works. Uh, that's 
you've now you now lit the house on fire and we're all in trouble and i think and i think that that's what's so so amazing about role-playing games as a as a medium as a storytelling medium um is that you can i think it's really important especially i think really today especially for for kids to be to be challenged with moral um with moral questions uh, I had a discussion on the live stream actually a couple of days ago. Someone was asking like what, uh, you know, essentially like what I think, like why I think, uh, you know, there's like, uh, there's like, I don't remember exactly what it was, but it was just asking like, what do we think kind of uh, like big modern problems in our society was like the person was on the stream asking like questions about my politics and stuff. And like, I, I was just like, I, I do think that there's a there's a pervasive problem of people not having cohesive ethical systems. And and people, I think I think more broadly, I think people are coming to uh, a very broad understanding of like, um, oh, like it, it, my individual morality is important, but also there's this like systemic level stuff where like systems treat people in certain ways and that matters as well. Um, but um, I think that even those, those things can become really easily twisted if, if they're not guided by a, a larger ethical system. Um, a lot of people just end up being hedonists, <laughs> right? Like where they're just like trying to maximize their own personal pleasure, right? Like, that's a, that's a potential. <laughs> and just for the listener, in case people are wondering, I mean, hedonist in terms like not as a not as an insult. That's literally a, a type of philosophy. Uh, and, and you can you can look that up if you're not familiar. Yeah. And yeah. So so like I, I think that like where 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 for me being a, being a Mennonite and reading that book and, and stuff like that was like it was kind of baked into me really early to be like. Well, you know, let's think theoretically about all of these ethical situations and and like ask how does, you know, how does faith and how does Jesus apply to those situations was very like baked into my life. But I don't think that's the case for a lot of people. I I don't know. I I would I would guess not. <laughs> I, yeah. I would guess Yeah, not. I can't say that conclusively for sure. Like every and every every person's family and situation is different. I'm not trying to make a big gener like like evaluation, um, uh, but I just do think it's it's important to like. I think that that's like a really cool niche that this game can fill. Even if people have that already, this these games provide environment to do that kind of thinking. Yes, like role playing games particularly invite you into uh, a an unusual. I would I I would say right now, uh, a not typical way of looking at the world. To to explore what it would look like if your world wasn't like you think it is, or how you experience it, or or even just let you ask the question: What if? Uh, what if the world were different? Because uh, because that too, it's like there's 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 it feels like there's a lot of certainty assumed certainty that everybody thinks this way. This is the only right way to think. Uh, everybody feels this way. Everybody experiences this the same way. Uh, just, just normalizing our own personal experiences 
and uh, and it 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 builds up a, a place where we we probably walk into harm, uh, depending on on, uh, on on some factors. <laughs> we'll say some factors. So we need to particularly call it out, but but we're all susceptible to. Uh, everybody sees the world the way I do. Everybody feels the same feelings that I feel, and so uh, so when when this event happens, uh, everybody should be as shocked or horrified or encouraged as I am. And um, everyone should want to do the same solution that I want to do. Yeah, and the pathway forward is the same for all of us, and uh, that I role playing games particularly give us a, a place to face like not that to, to face the opposite of that that everybody doesn't see the world uh, could I imagine a world that is as different than mine what if people around me start behaving in ways that that are contrary to what I expect how could I respond what would what would I feel about the responses how would I treat them yeah, those are important. It develops empathy, at least. If you're enjoying this podcast, our live stream, or our video essays, please consider heading over to patreon.com slash thecoop. You can support our ongoing work and help us expand and grow what we're doing. At any tier, you get access to a second weekly podcast, which will be exclusively posted there. Please consider supporting us on Patreon today. Is there a is there a good example of that in gaming for you? Like I was, I've been talking a bit about my recent experiences in role playing D and T. Is there like a good example for you that comes to mind? Maybe the most like fundamental example of that uh, was so a uh, big Mass Effect fan. Uh, I nice. even yeah, like you've got the N seven hoodie or whatever. Uh, right? Oh yeah, I've I've got like patches. I got I got pop figures of all the characters all over my house. Big fan, uh, huge fan. And uh, and I liked I've liked all of them, uh, including the the much reviled Andromeda. Andromeda. Uh, <laughs> yes, I, so I think that was a great game, uh, but not everybody agrees with me, and I can accept that they can be wrong. Uh, <laughs> you know, I throw that out there. <laughs> Keep it crispy. Yeah, uh, that's the crispy take of the day. <laughs> uh, There's so probably it, a lot of heat, people heatedly typing. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. That'll that that will definitely have uh, spurned them on to uh, to sound engage with our with the content. <laughs> Got them. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so so playing that. Uh, there's there's a character on your bridge. Uh, a uh, she's your she's a your navigator, I believe. Uh, she's a woman, and uh, and she's like super great, uh, you know, Irish accent, uh, attractive, I guess, as as games go. And, and Mass Effect's all about like the relationships you can have, and the romantic relationships. It's it's baked into the game. Uh, so so I was started talking to her. You know, you talk to everybody when you start playing the game. Figure out who who you can romance. What what kind of uh, pathways you want to go down. It's a it's a long involved process in the game, so you got to start early. And uh, and and so I started talking to her. And she's kind of flirty, kind of fine. I was like, oh, I actually be able to romance this person on my bridge, uh, which is unusual. Usually, it's a it's a companion that you take out in the field with you. 
she's she's like she's my science officer who's navigating and stuff. Uh, and then she starts this conversation about faith uh, and believing in God and science and how like science led her to uh, uh, to deepen her faith, not in a fundamentalist way, but in this like exploring the universe that God's made. And I was like, oh, well, interesting. I'm in love. Like who uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm done. Like why well, I'm ready to just, uh, we'll park the ship uh, conflict be damned. Let's just talk for a while. To go, yeah, go have yeah. coffee. It's like the the most I've ever connected with that character, uh, and uh, and as the as the dialogue progressed, there there's the sure enough, there like one of the little things has the little heart beside it, which means it's, it's a romantic option. I was like, this is perfect. I cannot think of. It's like they wrote this for me, uh, and and the so the the dialogue happens, the conversation happens, uh, and uh, and then it, like it just stops. It's like okay, well I, I'll go advance the story a bit more. Maybe the romance stuff happens near the end of the game and it just like it never progresses past just being like this one flirty moment i was like this is weird why would they not put that why wouldn't they complete the romance uh so i looked it up and it turns out uh she's a lesbian and i was playing a male figure and that means she'll never have a romantic interest in me uh, and I was like, I was crushed uh, to, to start because oh, uh-huh, I was like, oh man, this is the best person. I and and all the other characters were like, I don't really like any of the rest of them. I don't even like. So now a whole aspect of the game's ruined for me. Uh, <laughs> I was like, that, like all these other people suck, but they also suck because she's so perfect. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, and and I realized. I don't know that I've ever not been able to romance the person I want in a game before. Oh, um, interesting. Ever. Like okay. I Okay. Yeah, as, yeah, as, that uh, makes sense. As a, you know, heterosexual cisgender white male, the it it's always aimed at me. Always. Oh yeah. Oh, for sure. And all of a sudden one person wasn't. Uh and it and it's well, one, like the the way I treated then romance and sex of the rest of the game was like, ah, it doesn't matter, whoever, whatever. Uh, I don't care because the person I'd actually want, I can't have. Uh, mm. So, so that everyone is else so is a interesting. Prize. Yeah, it was fascinating for me to think about it later and go like, oh crap. Um, is that what it's like for other people? <laughs> <laughs> there might be a. Uh, a not insignificant percentage of the population who feels this way in every single game they play. Every right, game right, they play. Right, right, uh, right. Like they have, they have a limited, you know, if, if you are gay, you get a very limited group of characters. And I started thinking about the games I've played that had gay characters and, and the way those were presented. I was like, ah, what if you don't like uh, this like over the top flamboyant character. Uh, what if you want the like the quiet, steadfast uh, person, and and that's that's only for heterosexual relationships, right? Right. Uh, how might you feel about like sex in games and relationships in games? How might that impact your relationship in the world, knowing that the people you like you can't have? 
uh, mm. and and maybe you get a little a little a little throwaway something uh, to to placate the group right whereas like there are just there's this just like myriad of options for everyone else right like yeah uh, or even just all the best options like the cool characters are rarely the ones who aren't that don't fit into heterosexual relationships I mean, they might also go both ways but uh but they'll always be be a heterosexual option right um, yeah yeah exactly uh, whereas if if you're looking for for a, a same sex relationship, you don't get you don't get as much options. You play Dragon Age, like all these Bioware games that have romance at their like at a, as a core mechanic, you don't get everyone. Uh, there's there's often a couple that will have have homosexual relationships, and then a lot that'll have hetero. Uh, yeah, it it really like it made me think a lot about about representation uh what what i've seen how i felt and uh and how other people might be feeling uh yeah it's it's made me advocate for there's there's like there's no reason to ever have a character that is only one or the other not really in the game yeah what when we're playing fantasy games where romance is an integral part why would we limit uh, one or the other why would we f- force someone to experience denial uh when they already experience that in their life that's not that's bad fantasy uh, <laughs> right that's bad fa- like if yeah, i said that's to an you, interesting look, way of putting that to be yeah, honest i haven't really thought of it like that here's a brilliant way to step out of reality and experience fantasy only uh we're gonna we're gonna make it hurt like real uh you're gonna have the same isolation and and like resistance to experiencing what you hope for that you get in real life too it's like that's cruel that's actually cruel over at youtube we are producing video essays on video games it's a longer form of engagement where we get to put our thoughts down and really dive deep into a single game we've got some great videos planned so please consider looking up the coop on youtube and subscribe to our channel so you can check them out our videos will also release early over at patreon.com slash the coop. But, but I actually also, I want to take that in just a little bit of a different direction. We're almost done the episode for the day, but like, um, I, I just like, I do think it's also really interesting where my mind went was I was like, Oh, like I, I was like, I love that. There's that, like there's an experience of just like not getting what you want in a fantasy setting. Uh huh. Like, which is which is period. awesome. Like that was another healthy thing as a as a person who who the the genre caters to. Uh, right, it made me right. go like, oh, this I I understand some of the like <laughs> I don't now oh fully identify with a group of people, but I at least understand some of the frustration and longing that a person might experience in their life around this. And, and that's also just I, I love when fantasy is able to cause you to like reconsider the way that you treat things in real life. You know yeah. what I mean? Like because I, I do think that there's a lot of young guys and I remember growing up with this perspective that like when a girl says no to you you know, she's doing something wrong. And like, you know, the guys will kind of make like, it's part of like just trying to make a a, a friend feel better, 
you know, but like guys will like make fun of girls for being like, oh, she turned you down. Well, you know, she's this and that. Right. Like and just make fun of make fun of her. Not like, yeah, it's legitimate to not like somebody. (laughs) Yeah. You're allowed to not like someone. (laughs) Right. Like, um, so it's, it's, um, I, yeah, I just, that's, that's definitely where my brain was went is just like, yeah, like people are allowed to not like you even in a fantasy game. <laughs> yeah. They they are allowed they are allowed to. Uh, and and the the like that part just not putting that in a game is is perfectly fine. Uh but it it really how how I viewed sex from then on, how I viewed uh relationships, like the the whole emotional experience. I I ended like I I played quite a bit of the game and hit that point. And once I realized that like it I spent a day just really letting that settle in uh this is that it profoundly affected me uh and it's probably profoundly affecting people and uh and i've not cared is the real truth is i never cared until i experienced a went i should care about this this is a real like this is a real deep troubling feeling and uh and we should care about this. Uh, when people start going off and like, oh, these characters are stupid, and I, I don't see why we have to have like ho- homosexual relationships in games. I'm like, no, we need to. Particularly weird fantasy games that have uh, that have uh, that romance element like at its core. If it's a core element, give it to everyone. Like, don't deny someone this in your core fantasy game. That's cruel. It's cruel. And I think that that's where, like, I I think we're probably going to end up doing some other episodes on this kind of idea. But, like, I just find it so, like, yeah, like, these these fantasy games have that that unique capacity to make you consider things uh, like that from a, from a perspective outside of your own. Right? And, and I think that's why this is such an amazing art form to me and why I think we're definitely going to be coming back and talking about this again. I'm not sure which episode we're going to be in it, but I really want to talk about Senua's sacrifice and like the experience. And and like, so what we've we've talked about today is like, you know, when we're, we are kind of a a decision maker. So, you know, playing Andromeda, you got to make that decision of, Oh, I like this character. I'm sure listeners maybe found other characters uh, romantically attractive. Yeah. For whatever reason. Um, and so what I think is interesting is we're going to go like is ne- on, on some future episode. I think we we're going to talk about um, kind of forced stories, like stories that where you don't have choice, but you're kind of put through the motions of a, of a set of decisions that someone else is making and how that can that can affect you. And yeah, Senua's sacrifice is a big one for me. Um uh, the Last of Us Two, you know, a rather controversial game, is another example for me. Yeah, forced narratives are another interesting way to have to look, like to, to not be not being allowed to look at the world in any other way but this one. Uh, and as as long as it's not a, a, a just as long as you're, I think, conscious of that and what you could take away from it, it's really good. It, I, maybe when you're absent, it isn't. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay. Well, yeah. Thanks everyone for listening. Uh, I think if you guys want to listen to the second half of this podcast, you guys can head over to patreon.com slash the coop and we will have the other half uploaded there. I think on the second half, we're just going to keep talking. We're going to talk about the same thing. We're going to talk about uh, maybe some more unique role-playing experiences where we've made, uh, yeah, like where decisions or things that have been exposed to us have really changed our perspective. So thanks for listening and we will see you guys next week. Hi, everyone. We're doing a regular live stream over at twitch.tv slash the coop, where we are live streaming Monday through Thursday, starting at 10 p.m. CST. We are writing video essays over at YouTube and doing this weekly podcast. If you're enjoying any of that content, you can support us over at patreon.com slash the coop. There you can get access to the second half of this podcast, early access to video essays, access to our Patreon-only Discord, and access to our regular Patreon-only video AMAs. All of these creative projects are not possible without you, so thank you so much for your ongoing support. Please consider supporting us on Patreon today at patreon.com slash the coop.